Welcome back to Disclaimers Aside, a bi-weekly podcast where I share the raw and honest stories of people in my community, Disclaimers Aside. I'm your host, Aisara Amadou, and let's dive into today's episode. Hello everyone, welcome back to another podcast episode. I'm coming to you from Orange County. I'm officially moved out. I actually moved out from Berkeley a week ago. And move out was stressful as usual. To be honest, I count myself lucky because one of my friends had a horrible move out situation. But last weekend, I moved out of my junior year college dorm. And I moved out on Sunday. We had until Sunday at 10 a.m. to move out. But unfortunately, my dad couldn't really come until 10 a.m., I stayed an extra day because one of my friends was graduating, so I went to her commencement on Saturday, and the commencement was amazing. Honestly, it was super hot, like most commencements. The commencement speaker that Berkeley had this year was, I think his name is Steve Watkins. Hold on. Let me double check this. Oh no, Steve Wozniak. Steve Wozniak, he was the co-founder of Apple, but I think Steve Jobs, to be honest, kicked him out and took control of Apple. Apparently he's a Berkeley alum. I didn't really get to hear any of his commencement speech because we were sitting out in the stadium and it was just so hot because we were sitting directly in the sun. Even though it wasn't that hot that day, like I think it was like low 70s, sitting directly in the sun i was fully wearing a black outfit it was just so hot um her family left it was me and my other friends we just ended up deciding to go decided to go stand inside in the shade where a lot of people had moved to stand but from inside in the shade even though like the commencement speech was being projected it was really hard to hear so honestly i didn't really catch much of commencement speech but i thought it was really cool that they got steve wozniak and Honestly, had never heard of him before, but now I know. I stayed an extra day for commencement. That morning was just something else. I pretty much packed everything out up into boxes. I was a little bit stressed out that everything wouldn't fit because unfortunately I'm a maximalist and I had a lot of stuff. My dad was coming to pick me up in a truck. So I really wasn't sure everything was going to fit because in past years, my dad has usually picked me up in the minivan. On top of that, I had to return my keys by 10 a.m., they weren't allowing me to have even an hour to extension or I had to pay a hundred dollars extra. They were really, really inflexible, unfortunately. My dad's flight was supposed to arrive at like 9.30, so the earliest he was projected to arrive was 11. So I just had to turn in my keys and move everything by myself. They wouldn't let me check out any carts or anything to help me move things down, down to like the bottom floor of my building. And then on top of that, the closest exit to be able to like take out the stuff where my dad could park near my dorm the janitors just decided that now would be a lovely time instead of after everyone was moved out to drag out all the trash bins from the trash room and like basically spread out all the trash in front of that entrance and go through the trash because i think they had to go through the trash and sort out things that like aren't supposed to go into landfill that were made or things that are supposed to go into landfill that people may have put into the recycling or vice versa and so they were going through all of this trash right in front of where i was supposed to like drag my stuff to move out and honestly i was so stressed out not only by that but then also by the fact that like when i went to go check out a cart they would only check it out to me for 15 minutes so i 
tried to make the most of those 15 minutes as I could. They asked for my driver's license as collateral just in case I don't bring the cart back. They have my driver's license. And so when I went to go return the cart, they lost my driver's license. And genuinely in that moment, I think it was just kind of the impatience um, and the stress of the situation. I fully snapped and I was like, why would you even ask for a drive something like a driver's license if you're going to lose it? It took them 15 minutes, but they found the driver's license somehow like someone dropped my license on the ground. It was near the trash. I was just so over it at that point and ready to go home. But honestly, my move out situation wasn't as bad as other people that I heard. Like one of my friends was telling me about how stressful her move out situation was. So after just hearing how other people's move out situation was... I'm definitely very thankful, but it's crazy to me that my junior year of college kind of came to a close. I think junior year definitely went by so quickly, and I'm really overall happy with the way that junior year went. I think it's going to be my favorite year in college. I really don't see senior year topping junior year, and I don't have those expectations for myself. My first year at Berkeley was definitely very, very fulfilling. I'm not going to really recap too much about my junior year because... I posted like a 40 minute Q&A over on my YouTube channel where I answered your guys' questions and like kind of delved into what junior year was like and what my first year at Berkeley was like. So I'll have that uh, Q&A linked in the description box if you guys want to go watch it, but it's just youtube.com slash I said Amadou. And so I just kind of talked about all of that there, but I've been so far in OC for a few days. Actually, it's it's tomorrow marks a week since I've been back home moved everything home i've been having a very slow oc summer just spending time with family and um, getting back into a workout routine and honestly i haven't been going out as much i i definitely this summer my vision for the summer is slow oc summer but i think it's just it's what i need right now is like just a restful summer at home spending time with family and friends before i go into my senior year an intention that i have for this week is that i want to establish routines that i carry out or that i can carry out throughout the summer i'm starting my remote internship on monday i'm excited to to start that uh, a little bit nervous but i think with that coming around the corner i definitely need to just figure out like what exactly i want this summer um, the things that I want to prioritize and just make those routines that I can carry out throughout the summer. My unpopular opinion for this week is that disclaimers aside, I think summers are too long. I think I've always struggled to just find a balance in summer and not allow the days to waste away while allowing myself to kind of take the restful break when that I need. I remember when I was younger, I remember summers used to just drag out so much or they felt like they would drag out so much especially the summers where we didn't really travel now i kind of try and combat that a little bit by making myself a summer bucket list and like making a list of things before summer even starts that i want to do so that during summer i don't allow those days to kind of waste away so for today's podcast episode i wanted to share what it's like being in the mind of an introvert and this solo episode was inspired by a tiktok that i made a couple months ago i just wanted to kind of expand on the conversation that was sparked in that 15 second tiktok i just posted like one of those short tiktoks um of me kind of sharing what it's like to be in the mind of an introvert it's called pov 
you're in the mind of an introvert and I just shared a couple of things that came to mind of like what it's like being an introvert but before we can even begin to have this conversation let's delve into what is an introvert um, according to Google, an introvert is a term used to describe a person who tends to be more focused on their internal thoughts and feelings and gains inner energy from spending time alone. Introverts often feel drained after social interactions and need time alone to recharge. They typically prefer quieter, more solitary activities and tend to have a smaller circle of close friends. While introverts may enjoy socializing to some extent, they generally find solitude and introspection more rejuvenating and fulfilling. Introversion is often contrasted with extroversion. Extroverts, in contrast, tend to be energized by social interactions, thrive in group settings, and many find solitude to be more draining. It's important to note that introversion and extroversion exist on a spectrum and most people exhibit a mix of both traits. Although they may lean more toward one end, being an introvert is not a negative trait, but rather a natural personality preference. Many introverts excel in areas that require focus, focused attention, creativity, and deep thinking. They may also have a strong ability to empathize and connect with others on a deeper level. It's important to respect and understand introverts and introverts' need for personal space and alone time, as it is, as it is essential to their well-being. I really like this definition. I feel like it's very encompassing of what introversion is, um, especially in contrast to extroversion, but also just like highlighting the fact that like it's not a binary and a lot of people fall in between or maybe certain people are predominantly introverts but also have extrovert extroverted qualities or tendencies or some people are ambiverts so they express both and just like the fluidity i guess of the spectrum and also i really like how it recognizes the importance of understanding introversion the values that introversion kind of brings to the table so that's kind of what introversion is and what it means especially in context of extroversion and i think overall there's definitely a misconception that introverts are inherently shy and timid but that is most definitely not the case i know in my social interactions i've come across introverts that are very outgoing and vice versa extroverts that can be more shy at its core i think introversion and extroversion are more about energies and how your body gains and receives energy another misconception that people can have when it comes to introversion versus extroversion is that you're born into one and that stays stagnant throughout your life. I know that's something that I personally misperceive for a long time. I definitely believe that you can change throughout your life, especially when you go through major life changes and mature. You change as a person, in, not only in the way that you interact socially, but also how you kind of receive social interactions. When I was younger, I definitely think I was an extrovert. I wholeheartedly know I was an extrovert. I loved being in large crowds or rooms filled with people and I for sure fed off of the energy of others and was always the kid to get in trouble and for talking too much in class. I'm not sure what changed. I think it can only be a combination of things like I don't necessarily pinpoint it to one thing. There were a lot of changes that kind of happened when I was younger. I moved states. Um, I definitely think moving to Orange County impacted the way that I give and receive energy overall maturing just hitting puberty and like growing into womanhood and I think also another thing was like putting on the hijab that changed a lot 
definitely my demeanor changed a lot when I put on the hijab but not in the way that people might expect while I think putting on the hijab has made me more cognizant of my morals and principles and I think constantly keeps me in remembrance of my faith it also completely changed the way people perceive me before i wore the hijab people didn't really know that i was muslim they just kind of perceived me as like an average black girl if anything they just knew i was african because growing up my mom always used to dress us up in african clothes but when i put on the hijab they perceived me through the lens of the geopolitics of the early 2010s when i put on the hijab i was in middle school and at the time the war on terror definitely consumed televisions and i think this seeped into the impressionable minds of american preteens as i've alluded in past podcast episodes middle school was for me the onslaught of microaggressions and islamophobia that i had never really experienced before to a degree that i had never really experienced before and this came at a critical time because i was hitting puberty so i was maturing in a new way and grappling my identity and i think that combined with a lot of the external challenges or changes that i was going through transformed my extroversion into introversion my demeanor completely changed. The way I presented in social settings with people I didn't know completely changed. Instead of pouring into people immediately like I did when I was younger, I definitely began to safeguard a lot of my true personality behind this stoic mold. In part, I think it was a trauma response and a way for me to protect myself from getting hurt. But that quickly molded into the way that I still present myself today in social settings. A lot of the times when people describe first meeting me, they describe feeling very intimidated. I definitely get my RBF from my dad for sure because he has major RBF and it's the same it's the same thing with him. People meet him for the first time and they they definitely feel intimidated by his RBF. Um my RBF can be can really be my downfall sometimes, but I'm definitely the person who it takes a long time for me to open up to you. It's not something I do on purpose, but when I first meet people, I don't completely open up in the way that I would to a friend that I've known for a long time. To me, it just doesn't feel natural and it doesn't feel authentic, which is really hard in a world where first impressions mean so much because there is this huge pressure to charm people immediately and to just be pleasing to people immediately when you first meet them. And I think this is where being an introvert means constantly being misunderstood because a lot of the times there are thoughts and feelings that are running through my head that I don't necessarily express aloud or at least right away. And sometimes I need just a minute to process things that are happening around me so I don't necessarily react right away. And it's funny because when we were driving back, from Berkeley my dad and I were having so many conversations because it was an eight-hour drive I was telling him how sometimes I just need a minute to process things and he was giving me a lot of flag for it he was telling me that's something I need to work on and like completely eradicate and he was kind of depicting it almost in a negative light as like a bad thing or a bad characteristic I kind of disagree with that why do we feel the need to react to things right away why can't we have a minute to process things? And why don't we feel comfortable saying that out loud? I know I personally have learned, I know I personally have learned to just say it. Sometimes when I'm processing something to just express that. 
Like, if I'm having a conversation with someone, someone tells me something shocking, I will quite literally say, I'm just processing this right now. And sometimes people take it as a joke, but I'm genuinely 110% serious. Like, sometimes when you tell me something, I need a minute to process it in my head. And I need that time to process things because sometimes when I'm not, or I don't allow myself that time to process something, I'll just say something or I'll react in a way that is not necessarily authentic to the way that I actually feel. And so I'm trying to get better about just communicating that when I need time to process something. Or if I react in a way that's not necessarily authentic to the way that I felt, but in that moment that was just kind of the initial reaction that kind of came out. Communicating that um, and saying like, look, when you when you said this, I was just processing, but I actually feel X way. Instead of just brushing it under the rug and moving on. Sometimes introverts can be perceived as unfeeling or being disinterested just because we're not necessarily as expressive in the moment, but it doesn't mean that those feelings don't exist just because they're not necessarily expressed to a large audience or they're not expressed to everyone in the way that those feelings would be expressed to someone who's closer to you. I think there's something so beautiful in only allowing a small circle of people access to your energy. When your energy is so easily drained by others, you really have to pick and choose who you want, to you want to have access to that. And that is something that I'm realizing is so valuable as I'm getting older because protecting your energy is so, so important. It directly impacts your overall well-being. It directs your mental health. It shapes how the energy that you have in order to be product productive. And your energy levels are so closely tied to your mental and emotional state. When you constantly engage in activities or interact with people that drain your energy, it can be so depleting, which is part of the reason why I just personally, the way that I operate is like, I would rather be alone than be surrounded by people that are toxic or that are draining of my energy because my energy is so valuable to me. And you really have to think of your energy as a limited resource and not something that everyone necessarily deserves access to. Spending it on toxic or draining relationships can and do negatively impact your well-being. And so protecting your energy, protecting your energy involves setting boundaries and being selective about the people that you surround yourself with. By prioritizing the relationships that uplift and support you, you're able to cultivate healthier connections and create a positive social environment for yourself and i think in that way preserving your energy can make relationships even more meaningful because not everyone has access to your energy there's also a power in being able to strike a balance between being alone and loneliness being able to spend time alone is such an important skill this is something i talked about in my q a because someone asked for tips in college with loneliness and I was talking about this in the Q&A that there is such a distinction between being alone and spending time alone being able to spend time alone and loneliness I think loneliness is when being alone becomes prolonged in a negative way that impacts your ability to lean on other human beings for support so loneliness while loneliness is can be a and most of the times is a negative thing being alone is oftentimes a positive thing especially when you learn that as a as a skill or as a practice and i think it is an important skill an important life skill to learn spending time alone really provides you the opportunity to get to know yourself better 
it allows you to explore your interests and your values and your preferences without that constant stimulation of external influences and there's a deeper level of self awareness that you attain when you spend time alone that i think introverts really understand the implications of because this is a source that feeds our energy when i'm alone i'm the most creative it's in isolation that my senses are heightened that i'm able to focus where i draw inspiration from and where i'm able to just be open and receptive to the inspiration from the world around me this sentiment is why i love that one line in walden where henry david thoreau writes quote i went to the woods because i wished to live deliberately to front only the essential facts of life and to see if i could not learn what it had to teach and not when i came to die discover that i had not lived i think that quote really just encompasses what being in the mind of an introvert is like in the sense of needing alone time for self-fulfillment. I talk about this a lot. This podcast would not have happened if I did not go to UCSC, UC Santa Cruz for that year last year because being in this college environment, this non-traditional college campus where in a lot of ways I was not socially fulfilled, which was a negative in certain ways but also a positive for me because it allowed me the space to be alone and the time to be alone enough for me to feel creative creatively inspired to start disclaimers aside to start a podcast i wouldn't have had the energy or the mental capacity to be able to start disclaimers aside if i wasn't spending that alone time with myself and having that time to myself to be reflective so being in that environment where i spent so much time alone allowed me to have the mental capacity to feel like that or the mental space to be able to start this podcast when you're successful at striking a balance between being alone and loneliness you you just become open to a new level of fulfillment another aspect that comes with being in the mind of an introvert is that in a way introverts are able to observe the world at a distance when they aren't the center of attention this can be a positive and negative aspect for me because when i'm in social settings i'm constantly observing things which is why sometimes i can be quiet um especially when it comes to like group settings or group interactions i kind of take a back seat and just kind of process things it's a positive because I think social interactions is where I gain a lot of my inspiration and my ideas from. My poetry is born from shared moments like long phone calls, my first conversation with a friend, passing down family stories or advice from my mother. Behind every small interaction with other people are some of the greatest stories if your heart is actually open to it. But the thing is your heart has to be open to it. You have to be able to listen to people. That is the beauty of being fully present in any moment because when you go through the motions of life, you miss out the opportunity to experience the most transformative realizations. And I think that is the value in being able to take a seat back in a social setting and actually listen instead of constantly focusing on what are you going to contribute to the conversation. Like listen to other people, stop and take a minute and listen to what other people have to say process it because when you're constantly thinking about what you're gonna say and being the most entertaining and like 
just taking up so much space, you're not able to actually learn and grow from what other people are actually putting out into the world. Obviously, there needs to be a healthy balance because you also need to learn and practice how to take up space, which is something that I think sometimes introverts can struggle with. This is such a huge value because the core of a creative mind is introspection and listening not only to yourself and the ideas that are beating inside of you, but also to the world around you before speaking. On the flip side, the same ability can be an introvert's downfall because it can be very easy to get in your head about yourself and allow the way that other people perceive you to kind of dictate or shape the way that you navigate social situations. This is definitely something that I struggle with and I'm still trying to unlearn. It's going to probably take me a long time because I find myself a lot of the times just getting in my head and just thinking about the way that I'm being perceived sometimes, um, especially with people that I'm not the most comfortable with or when it comes to first interactions. I'm like constantly just thinking about the way that the things that I might say might say or do will be perceived by other people receiving it. But I think also the amount of introspection that introverts engage in on a daily basis allows for some of the most richest conversations. And this is part of the reason why conversations with new people can be so draining because in order to get into the realm of those deeper conversations with people, you really do have to break out of the small talk. I hate small talk it's really really hard for me i really do hate it i just hate every aspect of it and i think coming to college has made me just vehemently hate small talk even more because you have to do it so so much because you're constantly meeting people in your classes and social settings but like it's necessary because you need to engage in small talk to and you need to break through that level of small talk in order to have those deeper conversations because in order to get into the realm of those deeper conversations you have to break out the small talk something that i've realized recently is that it's really hard for me to have a meaningful relationship with someone if we can't have a conversation about something that goes beyond surface level things that is something that i personally crave in friends is people that are able to have deeper conversations and I think that's part of the reason why I love talking to people who read because it's almost a guarantee that I'll be engaging in a conversation that goes beyond just the material aspects of this world. It's not always the case that someone who reads has that kind of ability to analyze and criticize the world or just kind of have like a critical lens on the world or an ability to engage in meaningful conversations. But most of the times if someone reads, like that's a green flag for me because that means that you are able to kind of look at the world in a different way than just the material aspects of the world. Being an introvert, all in all, definitely comes with its challenges, especially in a world where charisma carries social currency. But if you're an introvert listening, take pride in the beautiful aspects of introversion. And I think once you learn some of those weaknesses and limitations that come with being an introvert, once you're able to recognize and address them, you have the potential to become an even more actualized person. Above all, I think it's important regardless of whether you're an introvert, an extrovert, an ambivert, anywhere in between. It's just important to remember that we all have different energy levels, that we source our energy from different places, 
and that we express and store energy in different ways. So you have to be cognizant of that when interacting with different people. Being able to communicate with people is not just being able to express yourself in a way that sounds beautiful or that sounds pretty, but it's thinking about the way that you're expressing yourself or the way that you're communicating with other people is going to be received based on those those other people's dispositions, based on those other people's communication styles or energy levels, the way that you interact with people. How, you have to be cognizant of where other people are coming to in a situation, which can be really, really hard, especially when it comes to the first time that you're interacting with people. But I think when you are developing a friendship, a relationship, and you're communicating with someone and you're approaching a relationship and you're interacting with an introvert coming from the perspective of an extrovert, keep in mind the way that introverts may operate and how different that may be to you if you're an extrovert and vice versa as well. The solution to addressing a lot of these differences in energy levels and communication styles at the end of the day is just communicating. Be honest about the fact that maybe it takes you a minute to process your emotions or be honest about the fact that you may not express yourself in in the same way that someone else may or that is conventionally accepted by society, but it doesn't mean that those feelings don't exist deep down inside of you. And I think with time, people that are understanding will accept you and love you for who you are. And that's how you know that you have a circle of people that are true and meaningful companions in this life. So those are some of my thoughts on what it's like being in the mind of an introvert. I definitely want to hear what you guys have to say about being an introvert. I'd love to hear some of your guys' thoughts. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this week's podcast episode. I Make sure to follow Disclaimers Aside's podcast Instagram. It's a community space where you guys can engage in some of the conversations that i'm striking in these podcast episodes the link to it is always in the show notes i'll have all of the links that i mentioned in this week's episode i will chat with you guys in my next podcast episode bye